Dan Fleischman, welcome to the Art of Podcast. Man, I'm excited for this for many reasons. One, you're a good friend. Two, you love the NBA. Three, you're the smartest human being I have ever been around. So let's wow. let's lean on three even harder for this episode. And that that is not me just saying that. I've never said that before. I've never said that about myself or uh, Chris, my uh, podcast partner back there. Definitely haven't said that about him. Okay, D, before we get into it here, start us off with a bang. Something maybe not the whole audience or world knows about you. I mean, everybody knows you're the youngest to a founder to an IPO company. We know that. We'll get into that. It's impressive, but give us something different. Something different. Uh, when I was four years old, eight years old, I was buying and selling baseball cards on the swap meet every weekend, like a little miniature Gary Vee. I was selling it out of the back of a van. My parents sold Levi's jeans on tables. Like we just pull it out of the back of the van. I'd sit on the Levi's jeans and I would buy and sell baseball cards for four years. And that's where my entrepreneurial career started. Interesting. And isn't it crazy how it comes full circle and now you have cards and coffee shops? And Gary Vee named them. <laughs> that's why it's called Cards and Coffee. Wow, interesting. But you weren't drinking coffee between ages four and eight. And here's the other secret. There's no coffee at any of our locations. <laughs> Don't tell me that, man. I love baseball cards and stuff, but I also do love coffee. I can't so, train 24-year-old boys to sell coffee, you know? Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like, if you're going to do a coffee place, do it right and have really, really good coffee. Okay, so we know that the audience knows you knows that you've been very successful in growing businesses. And from the outside in, it looks like, man, this guy's got it all together. He's smooth. He's fluid. Everything you touch D, is like the Midas touch. Seriously. Like I tell people that like, like I have friends like, should I invest? I'm like, yeah, you should do anything you can to be part of his, his investments of course. So, Talk us through some struggles, because I'm sure it hasn't been all just a cakewalk there. What have been some some big issues, struggles, hurdles, roadblocks that you have come across so in this journey? The biggest struggles is always people and, yeah. you know, follow through and execution and like having to keep following back up with them over and over. Uh, lawyers are slow. Um, I love my lawyers, but they're busy and they're slow. And I don't like other people's lawyers and they're busy, slow and frustrating. And so there's a lot of struggles just dealing with interacting with people. Um, most employees are good, but you can always have one or two bad apples that can make other employees not as good. Um, uh, either make them slower, make them lag, make them, um, want to rebel against, you know, like things can happen because one or two bad employees. So I'm always really, uh, alert about the culture and alert about any bad apples. Even if they're high performers, I don't care. I got to get rid of them. Um, I won't let people be bad in our circle. I uh, won't be let people be bad from an executive level, executive level, employee level, anybody between. So a lot of struggles come from humans because that's the part you can't control. All you can do is try to be the best person you can be. Be very, very good at communication. I over communicate. That's our joke. It's always we actually start by saying over communicating mm -hmm. on things that we repeat. So we might say Monday, August 29th is this event, and we'll say over communicating. And then we'll say it again three days later, over-communicating, Monday, August 29th, is this event, we need this, this, and this. And over-communicating is what prevents a lot of issues because most problems happen from either a lack of communication or a miscommunication. Hmm. And so I'm really aggressively about communicating about everything, good, good, bad, or ugly. I love that, man. Uh, spot on with that. So 
I want to talk, you've been around some of the best. You are one of the best, been around some of the best. What separates you and these people you see at the highest level, these Gary V's, from the other people who just, you know, want to throw around that cliche term of entrepreneur? What, what are like um, the main staples? Yep. So my key word would be relentless. So a lot of people want to be an entrepreneur. They want to be a CEO until there's a problem and two of your employees <laughs> leave to start a competing company. And then sure. your ex-best friend is now suing you because they think they own 5%. And your vendor is now frustrated with you because you couldn't pay the $80,000 invoice and they're mad at you. An entrepreneur wants to be an entrepreneur until they get into the situation where a grocery store owes them a million dollars for an invoice and they can't get them to pay. And now they can't pay their vendors because they haven't been paid. An entrepreneur wants to until the actual situations <laughs> happen and they, they got to miss a kid's birthday party or they got to miss a situation because they got to be at a convention. You know, there's a lot of things that an entrepreneur wants to do. And so I think what makes people stand out is the relentlessness and not being emotional to the fact that I'm completely all in on my projects and on my mission. And so if I'm all in on something, let's say last week I was at a sports card convention for four days, I missed stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm unemotional to the fact that I missed those things because I, I knew my mission going in. I knew what I was signing up for. And at some point it might be vice versa. I might be only all in on family or only all in on those type of things and not going the business route. But for now, for the last 40 years, I've always just been all in on business. And I think that is what makes people like a Gary Vee or myself or Ed Milet, et cetera, be self-aware in the fact that I'm going to miss the baseball games. I'm going to miss hanging out with friends. I'm going to miss the dinners because I'm all in on my business, but I'm not sad about that part. I, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. I know what drives me. And I think if you become self-aware about it, you'll realize if you want to be an entrepreneur, or you want to be all in relentless. Love it. Self-aware, all in, the term obsessed. A lot of people cringe when they hear it, but you have to be obsessed, obsessed <laughs> on the mission that you're on. And I think the great ones merge different skill sets together to make this just, just beautiful harmony. And you do, relentless, your relationships, you're one of the best relationally that I have seen of just putting together great people. Like literally I'll ask you a question, like, oh yeah, I got a guy for that. And not only is it a guy, it's like the guy at the highest level. So relentless relationships, and you have a really good eye. So I, I developed three R's for you. You have a really good eye to see what works. Now, <laughs> at, at, as you continue to develop these different um, investments and everything, how how have you, in terms of your mindset, been able to find this this really good eye? Like, well, what goes into you being like, okay, yeah, I, I'm down with this, like. Because, dude, yep. what, what you're doing just, just crushes it. That feeling when you are just recharged, you don't have any sickness, no ailments, you have full, optimal energy, you are functioning at your highest level. You want to recreate that? Yeah, sure, you do, I do, we all do. And then you can times it by 10. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here. This, this is real. Hyperbaric chamber. If you don't know what it is, look it up right now. Look up Elevate Health, E-L-E-V-E, -E, health.com. It's an oxygen miracle. What it is, HBOT, the hyperbaric chamber. It's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this. It places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system, getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you 
kill off any harmful bacteria. It's going to help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. I, I, I kid you not, this is what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber HBOT from Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E health.com. Message me separately too if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. So I have a I have a strong checklist of about the human and the and the brand that I'm going to be potentially investing into, mm. and my why. Like why why do I want to invest into that? Can I help them? Is it something that people care about? And so I first look at the entrepreneur themselves. Is this someone I want to be close with for the next three to seven years? Because it takes about three to seven years to have an exit. So am I going to like this person and this project? Right? Am I going to care about what I'm investing into? If they're making a device that I don't care about, I don't want to invest. Even if it's going to make a lot of money, I have zero interest in investing because I'm not doing the investment just for the money part. The money part's going to come, and I would rather do it and make less money investing in things that I like, things that I'm ha- proud to promote, than investing in something that I don't care about. Like, There's no cigarette brand that could ever get me involved. You couldn't pay me $10 million to endorse Marlboro. You couldn't pay me $20, $30, 40000000 million. I won't endorse a cigarette brand. right? And I, don't, I won't even take equity in it. Even though it'll make me zillions of dollars, I don't care. I don't believe in it. I'm not going to promote it. But if you're selling pillows and T-shirts and acai bowls and sports cards, I'm all in, right? I'm Because I'm proud and it's fun and I want to promote it and I can build it. I'd rather make less money on those projects than a zillion dollars from a cigarette brand in that example. And so I'm looking at the entrepreneur first. Do I believe this person at two in the morning is going to go clean up the booth at the convention because there was a spill, you know, plumbing messed up and all of a sudden the convention is flooded. Is that person at 2 a.m. going to run over or are they going to begrudgingly go or are they going to send someone else to go, right? I want to know that they're going to be there. And by the way, I might beat them there. If I'm at the same convention with them, I'm going to rush over and beat them there and be on the floor cleaning too. I have no ego telling you this. But I want to know the entrepreneur is ride or die in that situation. I want to know that the product that they're selling that they care about and that customers care about it. And so I like to invest in companies that have some sales already, not just a pure startup anymore. I used to do that before. Now I try to find companies doing between 2 million and 20 million sales so that I can pour gasoline on their fire, not help them start the very first fire. Sometimes I will, but for the most part, unless they're like, holy smokes, ridiculously amazing, I'm only looking for uh, companies doing 2 to 20 million revenue. And then um, can the people around me help, right? Is this a project that I can bring in 5, 10, 20, 30 investors into to get them to pour their gasoline on that fire also to make them help as well? So good, man. I, I want to touch on the point of the people having ideas, because I can only imagine how many people come to you and be like, Dan, I've got this million dollar idea. You probably get hundreds a day. And it's funny because I went to one of our friends a, a while ago, Joel Mary, and I was like, Joel, dude, I've got this great idea. And he's just like, okay, show me the results. Show me. How's it work? Show me. How long you done it? Right. Like, all right, that makes total sense. I will never do that again, Joel. Thank you very much. <laughs> So like, what's, we say, don't talk about it, be about it. it. I think that's like exactly what he said too. And it's what I needed. But what do you think holds people back from taking action? 
What do you think the biggest disconnect is from people who say they have ideas? Because everybody has an idea. I've had great ideas, but I never yeah. took action on it. But other things I have taken action. So what do you think is that biggest disconnect? Yeah. So the fear part of actually getting started is what holds people back. So mm -hmm. when I sign my books, I only sign it with three words every single time. Just get started. Good, man. So everyone has this idea. I'm like, great. Build a website for it. Make a business plan for it. Get your corporation. Get a bank account. Do all the things to just set up shop. And you'll already stand out to me and to everyone else because you've actually gone through steps. By the way, these things are free. Besides mm. a website that might cost you a couple hundred bucks or nothing. Setting up your business plan is free. Getting your corporations a few hundred bucks. Getting your bank account is free. Getting all your social media accounts. Get every social media account set up free, free, free. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat. These are all free. Make yourself look like a little bit of a business and a brand. Get a merchant account free. Like Just get set up. And most people are scared. They won't even go through those basic things. So sometimes I always say, like, I say sometimes I always, sometimes I say, <laughs> if someone pitches me, let's say David pitches me and says, hey, I have this amazing idea. I want to sell these hats. And I'm like, great. I want to invest a million dollars. Wait, hold on a second. He doesn't have a bank account. How can I send him a million dollars? He doesn't have investment paperwork. How can I send him a million dollars? He doesn't have anything. How can I send him a million dollars? So why even tell me about your hats yet? until you just set up shop. Investment paperwork is cheap. You just need to set, right? Getting your bank account is free. Getting these things out of the way is what people are mostly scared about. They just don't do the basic things uh, to get started. I love it. I love it. And I want everybody to listen to your podcast, search Dan on other podcasts. I've listened to a bunch where you go in depth on that and how to set up shop and how actually easy it is. I mean, there's tons of science around the habits. James Clear's Atomic Habits, like literally you can do this. You just can't be held back by fear. And I think it's interesting you talk about that point. That is the biggest thing that holds people back overall is fear. And you have this great ability and a lot of our friends do is just I don't care what others think of me. Like literally, you 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 live that. How do you live that? Can you give some tools and like I always like to tell people like nobody's going to remember us 100 years from now. I don't remember my great great grandparents name. I don't remember anybody 100 years from now. Maybe like Abe Lincoln, George Washington. So so who cares what people think in the moment? What do you, what are some of your your thoughts about that around that? Yeah. So to me it's like one 99.99999% of people are not going to be at my funeral. Yeah. So like, yeah. I want them to do good. And right. I, but I don't care if like a bird pooped on my head right now while we're doing the podcast, <laughs> I'd wipe it off and keep talking. I wouldn't blink. My heart rate wouldn't change. Wouldn't mind whatsoever. Like, I just don't, I don't care about these things, these physical body things without going too far down the rabbit hole. Like I don't care. Yeah. Like I, I can wear the same last week at the convention. I wear the exact same clothes for all four days of the show. Love the it. exact same Love sweater. It. Because it was my brand. I only brought one of them. So I wore it for four days and I just changed my pants. I couldn't care less whether people say, oh, he's wearing the same thing. or I don't care. Uh, I think once you realize that, same thing I was speaking on stage. People are like, how are you not nervous? I'm not nervous with 10 people or 10,000 because I don't care. I can't mess up. I'm talking about what I know and what I live. And if I stutter sometimes or if a bird poops, I, I don't care. I'm getting my point across about something I live and breathe. Hmm. And when you know what you're talking about or you know what you're doing, whether it's a business whether it's a speech, all you can do is the best that you can do. And as long as you study and prepared for that moment, whether it's your company, your speech on stage, whatever it is that you're doing, that's all you can do. And then you're going to learn from your mistakes. You're going to learn from the situations. And by the way, 
when I have mistakes or I have failures or not, things, bad things happen, I embrace those too and talk about those things publicly too because it's important for people to learn from the mistakes. You're going to learn way more from my mistakes. You're going to learn way more from lawsuits and headaches and situations and bad manufacturers and shipping. Like You're going to learn way more from the bad stuff than you are the good stuff. And I can save people a lot of time and energy from that. So I'm, I'm very open about the bad stuff. And I think it's just a mindset thing that um, when you realize that people will relate more to the bad stuff than they will the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if I took a picture right now and there was a baby sitting on the left side and the baby was sitting there smiling and had its cereal bowl right in front of it and it was just perfect and we were just like, cheese, that would get like this many likes. But if a baby was sitting on this side and the cereal bowl was flipped upside down and the milk was everywhere and there was Cheerios falling down the side of this and the baby was like crying like, ah, and I was like freaked out, this would have 800% more engagement. Because this perfect little baby is not relatable. The baby mm-hmm. throwing the cereal bowl is. And so I think that's how I look at life as well. People will actually relate to me if I have mistakes. They will relate to me if there's problems. They will relate to me if the bird poops in my head. They will relate to me when I go through things in life. And so I don't try to be perfect. I try to do my best to work as hard as I can. And in those moments when bad stuff happens, I don't care about it because we're actually going to be more relatable. So important, man. So important. And that's why... You are relatable. That's why you have one of the best abilities. You make people comfortable in their own skin because you're so comfortable in your own skin. I mean, you talk about the 13 lawsuits that you have. Like, it's not going to be easy. That's part of doing business. And a reason, the main reason why you and others at a high level don't care when they talk on stage of what other people think is because you're serving. You're literally serving. And it's incredible. Like, when we exchange DMs after you've done an event and you've, you've, like it was like 300,000 at a poker game. And you're like, yeah, man, we gave it all to Cherry. Like, like, no, like, like me personally, I was like, wow, I, I, I would love to win 300,000. Just keep it all for myself. But, but to that, that point that I'm getting to is, is the relationship with money, I think is one of the most important things people mess up on. They get wrong. How do, how can we, as people listening here, get a better relationship with money so we can put our purpose for serving others above our bank account. You know that feeling you get when you just wake up and you are not rested or recharged? Yeah, we all have it. We all go through it. How do I wake up with full energy every single day? It is literally the game changer itself. Chilly sleep. I have an Uller that goes underneath my mattress and cools my body temperature to the ideal temperature to get deep sleep. REM high HRV scores. Now I have mine pretty cold at about 57 degrees. The optimal level is between 57 and 65 degrees. I have a weighted blanket, which is cools my body. And I'm just sleeping in restorative sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, no matter how many hours I get, I am juiced up and ready to go. And lucky for you, you can wake up the same way. The people at Chili Sleep are giving you a discount, giving you a code. So go to chilitechnology.com forward slash pages, forward slash David Nurse to get your special discount pricing there. Remember, that is chilitechnology.com forward slash pages, forward slash David Nurse, or just click the link below and it'll take you right there. It's sleep like a polar bear tonight. Get the best night's sleep of your life. Chilly sleep. So money is a tool. And so when I, if I win 300,000 in a poker game or lose 10,000 or anything in between, 
It is a tool for part of that game. In business, same thing happens. A vendor doesn't pay me 20 grand. That's part of the situation. I can't sit and get mad and let it control me all the time. I know going into the game of poker and the game of business, those things are going to happen. A vendor's not going to pay me. A client's not going to pay. Problems are going to happen. Lawyer bills are going to be high. Staff members are going to want raises. It's part of the game part. I can't mm. get upset that a staff member wants 60000 instead of fifty-four. They want a 10% raise, and that's part of the game. I can't get upset. And if I lose a hand or win a hand of poker or blackjack or business, that's part of the game. And when you realize that it's just that money part is a tool, uh, that will shift your mindset because you won't play poker, blackjack, or business correctly if you think that 10000 is $10,000. That 10,000 is part of a tool. Those are like 10,000, those are 10 units of 1,000 each. Those are a business tool that you need to have to pay for the PR company or pay for the lawyer or pay for the manufacturer or pay for the rent or pay for the employee. But that money part is a tool, not money in that sense. And I think when people remove that part of the relationship with money and realize it's a tool for business, it also takes out the emotions of like greed. I don't have the greed part. There's deals where I should have got a lot more there's deals that I could have done this, this, and this, or I could have asked for this percentage or gotten this crazy commission. To me, it removes the greed part when you realize that the money part is a tool. And as long as you do everything you can in the game of poker, blackjack, business, and everything, charity, etc., as long as you do all the things that you believe in correctly, the result cannot create an emotion for you. Hmm. So let's say I'm playing a hand of poker and I have a pair of aces and David has a pair of kings. And we get all in and it's $50,000 each. And then a king comes out on the last card and David, he wins. Would I ever change what I did? I had a pair of aces and he went all in and I called. I'm always going to play my aces versus his kings. And sometimes he's going to get lucky. That doesn't change what I'm going to do the next time or the next time or the next time. Because I'm always going to play my aces the same way. It's the same thing in business. If I provide a service for a client and the client doesn't pay me, I'm not going to live in that moment anymore. I did my service. I had social media agency. I had 50 influencers posted about this guy's client. And when that client doesn't pay, I did my part. I'm not going to ever change what I do on my part. And so as long as you keep that part in mind, I think you can remove a lot of the emotion to money. So good, man. Yeah, it is the epitome of you have your system plus your daily process equals results. You are not tied to the emotional aspects of the results that's why you're so successful. That's why people, if they, the money, they have the scarcity mindset, they think they need to hold on to it all. And it's just, once you have that mindset, you're, you're done. So part of the game, money is a tool. Awesome, man. What, D, what has you excited when you wake up every morning? What has you just pumped up, juiced up like the next big thing? Because one thing I know about you is you have like nine things in the hopper that are coming. Um, the game is what's exciting. Like it's getting the processes and systems to execute these investments we've been doing. It's been, we've been investing three to 6 million per deal into those businesses. I was telling you about between two and 20 million in revenue. We've been investing through my syndicate and through my fund three to 6 million per deal, but like every three or four weeks now. And at some point it might be every two weeks, every one week. And so just getting the game down, we've done 36 million investing in the last five months. And it's like really smooth for the entrepreneurs. And I'm trying to get that to where it's like, almost every week if I can. Right now I'm happy at you know every three to four weeks, that's already crazy. But I think it becomes really interesting. We're gonna deploy over $50 million in the startups this year and not be a traditional fund. Well, what happens in 2023 and 2024 when we go from 846 investors to 1,000 or 2,000, 3,000? I think it's gonna get really compelling. So that gets me excited is that 
the game of investing into startups and finding good entrepreneurs. I mean, yesterday we just did another investment. I'm ecstatic about this company. And to me, like this is a, a great woman. She's been working on the company for years and now we're going to change her life. And the butterfly effect awesome. of all the people that are going to get hired, they're all single mothers. That's what she's focusing on. Mm. That's exciting to me. The game of it is exciting. Whether that company ever exits, I couldn't care less. Like I think it will one day. That's not the point. The game of it was she's been working on it for years. She's got all these accolades, but didn't really have the money to really scale it. And now my wife's helping her. We're going to do this whole thing on, on August 29th and make this big announcement. Like that's exciting. That's fun to me. The money part's irrelevant. The game of it is we're going to now create jobs for single moms and all over the country. That's exciting. Dude, dude, I love it. That's beautiful. And the game of it and you're changing people's lives, giving them, giving them jobs, giving them careers, giving them missions. You know what that is? Most people, when you ask them what they want most out of life, they say happiness. What is happiness? Happiness is fulfillment. How do you find fulfillment? By being on an exhilarating adventure of growth. Exactly what you just said. That adventure. Dude, I love it. I love it. So before we before we close out here, I'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. These can be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind, boom, spit them out. Here we go. The most memorable deal that did not work that absolutely went. Um, victory poker. We absolutely crushed it. It was humongous. We're $65 million top five side in the world. And then <laughs> something called Black Friday, where the government shut down oh. online poker in America. Dang. Well, you bounce back. Okay. You, you're around a lot of big names, a lot of really amazing people. Is there anybody that you've ever walked in the same room with and you're just like, Oh dang, I'm in the room with. I mean, Ed my is, even though we're so close, yeah. every time I'm in the room, you can feel his presence. You can feel his aura. Like that is an aura of greatness. Dude, it is true. Isn't it? Even when we're at the dinner table, like I could just like, you kind of just feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, okay. Last one I have for you. If you could tell a kid who is stuck, who doesn't really know what's, what's coming next in their life. They feel like they just can't get out of the situation they're in. How would you tell them to take a step to be able to follow their dreams and start moving forward towards their, their future? So if you go on Google and you go on social media and you research everything about the niche that you like, whether it's tanning salons, beauty, makeup, fitness, health, whatever, you want to make backpacks, you want to make shirts, whatever that thing is that you like and become an expert at it, your confidence is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And as you do it, as you're researching everything, you're going to find out financing rounds and manufacturers and every bad thing, good thing that happens in that little niche. And literally just go down the rabbit hole on YouTube and social media and Yelp and Google reviews and everything about those companies and that niche and that brand, their competitors and everything. As you learn everything, well, this is all free. You become an expert in it. Man, I mean, your whole mindset changes because now you can start consulting with these businesses that you haven't even started one yet because you've learned so much and consumed so much about it. It just changes your entire mindset and your confidence level will change so that you want to actually go out there and make your own company in that space. Isn't it crazy? I'm so glad you touched on that because I've heard you talk about being an obsessive stalker. You're continuing to be relentless in your research. And we live in a day and age where your education can literally be from what you just talked about. I mean, I already gave the example of Atomic Habits as the book, but think about what he did. He just decided, you know what, I'm gonna start studying habits and writing about habits. Now he is literally the habits guy. So the opportunity is there if you just go, if you just get started. Like you said, Dan, amazing man. Hey, how can we all follow you? 
think we all probably know that, but give us anywhere we want to follow you and also the causes that we can support. Uh, so my social is all the same. It's at Dan Fleischman. It's also important for you guys to have the same screen name on every platform, same bio photo and same bio. So it's easy for people to recognize on every Good platform. Call. Call. Uh, my charity is Model Citizen Fund. We make backpacks for the homeless with 150 mm. emergency supply items inside. You don't have to donate. You can replicate it yourself with your own Ziploc bags, your own backpacks in your city. If you do want to buy them, they're all at modelcitizenfunds.com. Hey, thank you so much, brother. And I tell you, everybody listening out there, if you want an education in business, I would listen to every single podcast Dan has been on. There's so much knowledge there. Dan, thank you so much for being on here, brother. Appreciate you, man. Good to see you. All right, Chris. Good job.